It's time for episode 254 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, August 15th, 2018. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the podcast whose estimated time of arrival is now. I'm your co-host, Dan Morin, and I am joined, as always, by my good friend and co-host, Mr. Micah Sargent. Hi, Micah. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. I really like that. That was a good, a good little blip there, that intro. Thank you. Thank you. I, I pride myself on that kind of things. Uh, <laughs> I also pride myself on helping find the best guests that we could possibly have on this show. To my left... My very good friend, co-host of Originality, uh, and the proprietress of App Launch Map, Aline Sims is here. Hi, Aline. Welcome back. You're making me blush. Thanks for having me back. (laughs) You're quite welcome. And to my left is analyst at iMore and sort of like, uh, oh, captain, my captain of mobile nations and video and podcast host for Vector. It is Renee Ritchie. Hello, Renee. How are you doing? Good, Micah. I'm sitting here drinking coffee over from a Infinity Gauntlet mug, looking so at a Grateful proud. River. So. <laughs> I'm so uh, proud. That. Don't snap, Renee. Whatever you do, <laughs> keep your finger to itself. <laughs> yes, could have gone for the head to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let me kick things off. This is a topic I was thinking about last week, right before I set off on vacation, and I found myself looking at my iMac, thinking. You know, it used to be that I headed off for vacation, I would turn off my computer. But these days, I just put it to sleep. That way, I can, you know, get at it if I need to. My question for you is, how often do you shut down or restart your computer, your Mac? Is it a regular thing, or is it only kind of once in a blue moon? Aline? Only when I have to. Uh, typically, updates, or if it's acting weird. Um <laughs> I I tend to work away from home. So I, you know, I own my own business. I work at home a lot. But when I work away from home, I tend to just take my iPad. I want to have my computer up and running so that I can remote into it if I need to. If I'm traveling to a conference and want to travel light, I also do the same thing. Like, I try not, even though it's a 13 inch, I try not to take it anywhere. So I try to keep it up so that I can remote into it. But like, there's just no reason to do it anymore. You, 20 years ago, when they were sucking power, like there was no tomorrow. Yeah, I w- we would shut our computers down, um, you know, at night. But there's not really a reason to do it anymore, as far as I can tell. Hmm. I, yeah, I, I'm with you. I don't, I try not to shut it down if I don't have to, because one of the main things that's annoying about shutting down the system that I have is I almost exclusively, well, yeah, almost exclusively work in clamshell mode with my MacBook Pro uh, connected to two displays. And so because of that, shutting down the computer means having to, like an animal, uh, open up the lid on my MacBook Pro and hit that power button. In or- and this is just like, what am I complaining about right now? <laughs> I understand. This is ridiculous. I'm ridiculous. But it is still kind of like, ugh, oh, man, I've got to open this up and power it on. That's the only way to get it going again. And then the displays jump around, and it takes a while to, for them to figure out, okay, you just want to use these two external displays. It it is a very minor annoyance, but it is one annoyance that keeps me from shutting down my computer uh, pretty much ever, as long as I can help it. Uh, but I do do restarts when things need to be restarted, for sure. 
you you can still turn off these things? <laughs> <laughs> Mine just looked at me once and said, Renee, what are you doing, Renee? <laughs> and because it had a battery, I couldn't argue. <laughs> It, uh, yeah, I, I don't turn mine off ever unless the power fails and it's actually plugged into a wall or it has to do an update. And then I sit there going, why am I not connected? Why am I not connected? Why am I not connected? And it's a race between me being absolutely annoying and the, the small update line finally finishing. I guess it used to be the thing that you had to reboot them because caches would get corrupted or you'd just build up cruft in the operating system or rogue processes would take over. And I think that's still the case on mobile devices because they're so resource constrained. And I'm sure computers is happening all the time anyway. There's just so many gobs of RAM and gigs and teras of flop data and things <laughs> that we don't feel it. And so once occasionally I'll, I'll like look at my computer and say, oh, I see you've chosen the path of reboot uh, and do that just to teach it a lesson about being responsive. But it's becoming <laughs> less and less over time. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a thing, and I and I'm with you guys. I like I, I totally remember the age where it was like, all right, you're done with the computer for the night, shut it down, and start it up tomorrow morning. But you know, in the, I've been long an advocate of keeping them running, and I know it is certainly a power suck, as Lean said, but it's much less than it used to be, and especially Apple's computers tend to be very energy efficient these days. Um, I looked at so I fired up my terminal and ran the uptime command, and so I guess my last reboot was about 16 days ago, and I do remember there was some some funkiness or something I had to do or like that was going on on my iMac, so I had to reboot it. But other than that, it's pretty much just restarts or power failures. So. Uh, yeah, I, it's, it's so much less intensive to keep them up. And like Aline said, sometimes you just need to get at that computer when you're not there. And that for me is a big reason why I don't do it when I leave home. It's like that safety net of thinking like, okay, what if I need to get a file that's on that computer? And it happens from time to time. It's not so rare that it doesn't end up being an occurrence. So yeah, I, I guess I'm a little frightened now that Renee has pointed out that these computers may all be like just convincing us to keep them on in some sort of nefarious plot. They're all talking to each other. Um, but yeah, okay, that's fine. I, I, that's a trade-off I'll take. <laughs> you can take them, Dan. Yeah. You can take them. Probably. That's why you always say please and thank you to the AIs when you talk to them, that's too. That's right. That's right. Politeness mm-hmm. gets you a long way. Thanks for your thoughts on that. Let's go to topic number two, which comes from Aline. Okay, so last week, a variety of services banned Alex Jones and InfoWars from using their platforms. Um, Twitter has admitted that InfoWars violates its terms of service, but CEO Jack Dorsey last week announced that they would not be banned from the social media site. Um, I think it was this morning or late last night, it was like, oh, wait, no, Alex Jones himself, not InfoWars, will be banned from posting to Twitter for the next seven whole days. (laughs) Um, But... He can still read it. And uh, this anyway, this was the final or near to final straw for a lot of people. And I'm kind of seeing not like a mass exodus, but I'm seeing people start to poke and prod at other social media services like micro.blog and Mastodon. And so my question is, have you made the plunge into any new services? And do you think that any of them, and I'm not necessarily asking like which services will do this, but do you think any will gain the critical mass necessary to be successful? God, I love this question. Thank you for asking it. Um, we don't we don't have enough time for all the thoughts, I'm sure, but <laughs> yeah, I, I will give a yeah. few. Um, <clears throat> one of the things that I've seen on Twitter, and it is one that I wholeheartedly agree with. Uh, I see a lot of folks from marginalized groups um, talk about how Twitter has been this platform where they have finally achieved a place where they 
uh, have some sort of reach. They have an audience. They've worked very hard to get the the followers that they have and to use that, to leverage that, to be able to accomplish things. And it kind of sucks when this thing that you have worked so hard to build is... is an utter trash heap and you are forced to, well, not forced necessarily, but encouraged to move to other places. And I think there is an amount of like privilege checking that needs to take place because some people can move to new places and set up and people will follow them. And and I mean, follow them like actually literally move to those new services, whereas others may not have that same thing. And so it can be harder to be able to, uh, to, to make the switch. And I've, I feel that I fall in that category of, of folks who are a little worried about having to move platforms and where maybe sometimes people aren't considering that aspect of it. That said, Again, Twitter is a trash heap right now and has been for a while. And I think that things need to change, obviously. Um, but the whole point of social media, it seems, is, and, and if Georgia Dow were here, I, I probably say that like five times a day. If Georgia Dow were here, she'd Georgia say, underscore Dow. <laughs> Georgia underscore Dow were here, she'd say, or I think she would say, um, you know, as much as we are using these platforms for reach, we're also using them to connect with people and to be connected with. And we get little boosts of uh, good old brain chemicals when we see that people are listening to the things that we're saying and replying to the things that we're saying and want to interact with us. And if those other platforms aren't places where we can bathe in those dopamine hits, then it's likely that we're going to stay on the platform that we're on and keep using that. And there's one last thing that I'll say. It's kind of of a comparison between the two services it's like you've got this one area where there are little little bits of reward uh mastodon is an example of this because you can go there and you can sort of like walk into a spa with some of your friends and it's kind of peaceful but it's just like three people in a spa but then the other option is like you go into this place and like they're handing you chocolate at the door and gluten-free chocolate and they're giving you all these things that you want and it's it like it smells great but then also there's like somebody kicking you in your shins as you're walking around and it's like okay i'm getting a lot of great stuff here but there are also people kicking me in my shins but i'm connecting with so many people or i can go to this smaller place and it's just sort of blissful and peaceful but i'm not connecting with as many people so there's a lot to consider here and i think that it would require a bigger audience on these platforms and also just everybody should keep in mind the sort of implications for those who are uh you know in 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 minority groups and i'm gonna stop talking now renee what are your thoughts so uh you know i i consider myself a huge optimist and i'm a big believer in the future and that we need these technologies to propel humanity forward and to be better versions of ourselves. But I've just become so disappointed in social networks after all the Facebook scandals. I deleted almost everything off Facebook. Um, I, after, you know, Jack is literally, uh, I don't know, I, I, I have so many bad things to say about how Jack has run Twitter that we don't have enough time on the show. But I deleted almost everything off of Twitter uh, recently as well, because I just don't want my content to be supporting a platform that I think is deliberately, I don't even think it's, I don't even think there's any inability in the free speech. I think it's deliberately designed to be a dumpster's fire and, and sort of monetize hate and complaints and the worst of us. 
Um, and, you know, I'm reticent to retweet anybody anymore because they just get horrible replies. Uh, and, and you you, just, you know what? You, you make a typo and people are all over you or they want to correct. Like, it just it brings out the worst in humanity. And I don't think moving to a new service. I think in the beginning, based on the people you know, um, it'll be nice. But I think just inevitably there's something fundamentally broken in the model. And that'll always sort of pull the kind of, like, like Micah said, our need for instant gratification and validation and ego gratification and, and all of those things. And that, those just aren't conducive uh, to, I think, a, a path forward to better communication. So I probably won't. I also dislike the fact that digital, digital gardens are you know, instant to create, but take tending. You know, here's your Instagram garden. No, oh, but don't forget your LinkedIn garden. No, oh, but here's your Snapchat garden. But, you, know, <laughs> you can't manage those things. It's, it, they can launch them, but you can't manage them. So the last thing I want to do is add sort of more weeds to my, to my unlimited virtual gardens. So I, I know that's a horrible answer, but I'm just, I'm, I, and I don't have a replacement. I don't know what's better, but I'm just not looking forward to, I don't like Twitter and I don't think I'll be happy anywhere else either. Oh God, Mike, I brought it down. <laughs> Ah, uh, the optimism. It's just overwhelming. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Snap. I like how you pointed out, Aline, in your story that Alex Jones, I guess, can still read Twitter, as if that's not kind of a punishment in and of itself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it's difficult. And, you know, Jesse Char actually had a really good thread on this the other day and expressed yes. some of the feelings I was having about being somebody who is tied to Twitter in some ways because she was talking about the difficulty of... Uh, the the for example, she organizes the Layers Conference that takes place concurrent with WWC every year, and she was talking about how much she used Twitter in order to build that up, and basically she wouldn't have been able to do it without that. And for me, as somebody who is entering into this career of like selling books, promotion is a huge part of that, and Twitter happens to be the biggest platform I have. And I'm not really under any illusions that if I moved to another platform tomorrow, I would have anywhere near as much following. I've benefited immensely from the fact that I've been on the platform for over a decade now. So. I kind of struggle with that because I need aspects of it in order to continue parts of my career. But I agree with everything you guys are saying about how much of a just an awful situation it's become and really untenable. And I think there are things that could be done. I think it could still be saved, but it takes a will to do so. And we haven't seen that kind of will from the Twitter leadership. And, you know, to Renee's point, like a lot of it is because that might be antithetical to the kind of things they believe they're building their business on. Uh, as for other services, I've played around with both Mastodon and I just signed up for micro.blog. Uh, you know, they're, they're nice in the same way that I, I enjoyed briefly app.net back in the day, but I do think critical mass is a problem. And unfortunately, there really just isn't any way to predict what will be the next big thing. It's part of the reason we all flock to these services when they show up and have their 15 minutes of fame. Uh, because we want to be there in case it happens to be the new big thing. But it's a chicken and the egg problem because the thing that matters in the end is the, the people that you want to talk to and the content you want to see. And how do you get that without drawing in the users? So sooner or later, something will because that's just the, the virality and the way that, that human nature works. But uh, it's basically impossible to predict. Yeah, I I agree with everything that you all said. Um I mean, like, ultimately, I think what it comes down to is people are going to people. And there are people <laughs> who are going to to be, like, I don't know, like, on the same page as me as far as, like, the kinds of things that you say to other people and where your ethical line is and, and these types of things. And then there are people on the other side of that who, like, lead harassment campaigns. But they're going to – people are – like you need people to have social networks, right? And so 
I struggle like I really struggle and again those those talking about critical mass like I don't have a huge Twitter following but I have a much bigger Twitter following than I do a Mastodon following or a microdot blog following and I too need to promote myself you know my my originality co-host and I had this conversation on Monday where I was like I'm thinking about leaving but I don't feel like I can and is it okay if I'm just self-promoting on Twitter now and so I think that a lot of us are thinking about these types of things especially those of us who do need to self-promote podcasters and um, indies of all stripes and it's a really complicated problem because I don't want to be supporting Twitter, mm-hmm. but I need Twitter to support myself. And it's it's frustrating and hard. Um, so I, I don't have any answers. I am mostly posting to Mastodon these days. But, you know, who who knows what is going to happen with that? Um, so yeah, it's it, it's a super hard question. And there are so many considerations. And Micah, I especially appreciate you bringing up, you know, marginalized creators and everything that they're facing um because you know in a lot of cases they don't have the privilege to just pack up and leave and go to another network and i am so glad i kept facebook to only friends and family because i you know like i'm I'm glad that that's not another thing that i have to to grapple with whether to keep it or not yeah now, good news everybody we fixed twitter uh so well done everybody we can Uh, all go back it's great that is two topics down, two topics left to go, which of course means it's halftime. And because it's halftime, Mike is going to tell you about one of our lovely sponsors this week. I am. This episode, of, this episode of Clockwise is brought to you by Squarespace. You can make your next move with Squarespace because they let you easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain, award-winning templates, and so much more. If you want to create an online store, a portfolio, a blog, maybe a new version of Twitter, well, Squarespace is an all-in-one platform that lets you do just that. There's nothing to install. There aren't patches to worry about, no upgrades that are required because Squarespace has all of that stuff covered for you. They've got 24-7 award-winning customer support if you need any help, and they let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name. I've talked before about how Squarespace is an awesome place if you want to get a podcast started. You can get everything set up. They help you get everything ready for Apple Podcasts and other libraries. It's very simple to do. And guess what? Plans start at just 12 bucks a month, but you listening can start a trial with no credit card required by going to Squarespace. Squarespace.com slash clockwise. Now, when you decide to sign up, go ahead and use the offer code clockwise because that's going to get you 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. And you'll, of course, be showing your support for us here at Clockwise and we will smile. Once again, that's squarespace.com slash clockwise with the code clockwise to get 10% off your first purchase. Thanks so much to Squarespace for their support. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. All right, my question for all of you. When you get a new iOS device, do you use the earpods that come with your iPhone or iOS device? And if you don't, what do you do with them? Renee, you first. I don't because from years of judo and Brazilian jiu-jitsu, my ears are so mangled that those things just don't stay in. Like it's almost like a Charlie Chaplin movie where you stick them in and they fall out. You stick them in and they fall out. And you think <laughs> at the maybe the third time they'll stay in. And no, no, the third time they really won't stay in. So I just, they're like little boxes that build up and occasionally my sister or my friends will raid me for a bunch of them and then I'll slowly deplete my supply and get a bunch of new boxes and put them in there. So um, I guess if if I could, I'd start weaving, maybe or try making some arts and crafts. Uh, but as, as earphones go, that one size fits all does not fit me at all. 
I am right with Renee. Uh, the earpods have never worked very well for me. It's the reason I haven't really invested in AirPods. Um, and so I just end up accumulating them. Fortunately, my fiance has a way of going through her headphones and she <laughs> likes the AirPods. So I just sort of dole them out over time when she destroys a set. I'm like, oh, look, I found another set. Um, because I know if I give them all to her at once, she'll just destroy all of them. Uh, but yeah, otherwise, I feel like maybe they would make like, you know, that scene in Star Wars where Luke Skywalker swings across the chasm on the little grappling hook thing. Maybe they make like good grappling hooks. You could like hmm. whirl them around and grab something and swing. I don't know. That's just thinking off the top of my head Aline what about you well now I'm going to ship them to you but um, <laughs> so the only time I have ever used the earpods besides you know trying them on when they were new and came with whatever phone it was at the time that they came with is in 2017 picture it January 2017 Phoenix Arizona um, I took a pair of earpods <laughs> and cut off the cords and stuck them in my ears <laughs> to see if airpods yes. would work for me and so I did that and like you know, did some head banging and some head swinging, whatever, because I was trying to determine whether the problem was the cord pulling on them because I too could not wear them. They weren't comfortable. They wouldn't stay in. And turns out I can wear AirPods. So nice. Who knew? Uh, for me, I do the same thing that uh, Renee and, and Dan do. I collect them and keep. Well, I mean, it sounds like we all do that. Frankly, <laughs> uh, we collect them. We keep them in a drawer somewhere, and then family members and others who don't have slightly discern slightly more discerning audio tastes or uh have ears that are picky about what goes in them apparently uh get them whenever i am around them so yeah i don't i don't use them i just uh hand them out whenever it comes time and i'm glad that uh they're not going to waste for all of you that they get to go to somebody it's good at halloween for trick-or-treaters there you go oh my gosh that would be fun all right let's go ahead and move on to the last question which comes from renee so, uh, new unless Apple decides to drop the mic and go into hot tubs or something, we'll presumably get a new iPhone uh, this year, a couple of new iPhones, three new iPhones, Trace iPhones, whatever they decide to do. And one of the biggest features of new iPhones are the new cameras that go with them. A couple of years ago, we got portrait mode. Last year, we got portrait lighting. We've seen them do interesting things with the, um, the low-light photography, with the zoom. Uh, and I'm kind of curious, what could we see next? Uh, when I first saw the announcement for last year's iPhone, I was like, oh, great. What could they do next? Portrait green screen and backgrounds, and then hmm. in the demo area, clips. So they'd already <laughs> done that. So now I'm, I'm wondering, what, 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 could, what do you want to see from iPhone photography uh, in the next event? Yeah, I'm so glad I get to go first on this because I kind of racked my brain and I came up with something. I was very excited. And that is I really like the panorama mode in, in the iPhone uh, that's been around for a while now. But I wish there was some way to do a bigger panorama. Like you remember QuickTime VR and like QuickTime 360? Like it'd be cool if you could do a like a dome shaped, I don't know, Ooh. like and, and, you know, Apple's getting in more to AR and VR. And so something like that that allows you to better map like the 3D environment that you're in. Uh, might be beneficial to them in the long run so i i think that would be cool if there were some uh some feature that let you expand what you can do with sort of the panorama mode and sort of paint around and create a big immersive picture but i don't know maybe that's too much of a novelty but i think it'd be cool 
Hardware, 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 hardware. And it, I mean, it's kind of a given that Apple's going to improve their camera hard year, hardware year over year. Um, but that's what I upgrade for. I always go with the, the phone with the best, be, air quotes, best camera. Um, I would really love to see better low light. Um, I have a black cat and a lot of black furniture. I'd love to take better pictures <laughs> of her at night. Um, and to do that, they're going to need to get a camera with a bigger aperture in there. I don't know. You know, I don't know. But I, I just can continual hardware improvements are what I'm here for. I, I don't really use any of the software side stuff so much. It's just, please, more, more better hardwares. I'm so glad no one said mine. Yay. <gasps> um, I want on the back facing camera, the bigger camera, the better camera, a dot projector, flood illuminator and, and infrared <laughs> camera. So that way we get the same sort of awesome depthy effects that we get on the front facing camera on the back. That's going to improve AR experiences by 12 billion thousand, uh, which is a real number. Uh, look it up. And I really hope that we see that soon because i think that it could make all the difference when it comes to sort of convincing folks that hey they're real like there's no there's no jumping there's no sort of uh whenever sometimes whenever you're doing like an ar experience and you're looking at it then the 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 frame will kind of jump around and things like that and with that dot projector because we know how well it works in low light it can see our faces whenever we're looking at our phones in bed which we shouldn't be doing uh if we had that on the back then that would improve low light ar tracking as well as plenty of other features that we might want to use it for with uh, the back facing camera Renee, any last thoughts on that? Yeah, I love that you said depthy. And I think that, I mean, the scuttlebutt is like there's no AR mode. There's only AR mode is only in iOS 12 in the messages and RIP FaceTime group hmm. uh, chat Aww. because of the front-facing camera and that Apple was waiting to put it into the camera when they got a real AR camera going with the next generation. So I think that's awesome. I would also love if Apple had the silicon and software to do portrait mode video because I would love to be able to shoot with sort of depth effect in motion the way that we can in stillness now. And their segmentation masking is so much better in iOS 12 that I think maybe we could get close to that. Oh, awesome. All right. That is four topics down, which means we've reached the end of the show, but there's just enough time for a bonus topic. But before that, this week's episode is brought to you by our very good friends at Linode. With Linode, you'll have access to a suite of powerful hosting options with prices starting at $5 a month, and you'll be up and running with your own virtual server in the Linode cloud in under a minute. Linode offers industry-leading performance with native SSD storage, a 40-gigabit network, and Intel E5 processors. They've now got 10 data centers spread all across the world, meaning you can serve your customers even quicker than before. They've got an API that allows you to easily automate tasks or develop custom applications in the cloud, and everything is manageable via the command line. All of Linode's pricing tiers feature hourly billing with a monthly cap on all plans and add-on services like backups and node balancers. Linode is great for tasks like hosting large databases, running a mail server, operating a VPN, running Docker containers, hosting a private Git server, and so much more. Oh, and Linode is hiring right now, so if that interests you, go to linode.com slash careers. Linode, as I said, has fantastic pricing options available. Their plans start at a gigabyte of RAM for just $5 a month, and they offer high memory plans starting with 16 gigabytes of RAM. As a listener of this very show, if you sign up at linode.com slash clockwise, you'll not only be supporting us, but you'll also get $20 towards any Linode plan. And on that one gigabyte of RAM plan, that's four free months. With a seven-day money-back guarantee, there's absolutely nothing to lose. So go to linode.com slash clockwise to learn more, sign up, and take advantage of that $20 credit, or use the promo code CLOCKWISE2018 at checkout. 
Thank you so much to Linode for supporting this show. And now this week's bonus topic. Everybody's got a stupid superpower, right? I've got one. It's I can spin things on my hand like ketchup bottles and TV remotes. I don't know why, but I can. Oh. Aline, do you have a stupid superpower? Um, I have two. One is I can flatten any pillow, no matter how expensive, in like five minutes. <laughs> Just completely pancake flat. The other is an awesome superpower, but I don't really know what to use it for. Um, dogs really love me, and it's great, <gasps> but like, I don't know. What do I do with that? You love dogs, Aline, is what you do with that. You give well, them so many I mean, many yeah, hugs. I do, but... You make a lot of dog friends. <laughs> you could maybe train them uh if if anyone yeah i don't know you just uh dogs that's awesome <laughs> i'm jealous um my my stupid superpower is and i think a lot of people did have this but when i was in elementary school i can remember um kids would always ask me are we going to be watching a movie today because those old tvs the like uh tube tvs or whatever they were uh back when was it cathode ray or whatever yeah. um back before we had flat panels they would output this very high wine wine yep yeah and so i my ears were sensitive enough to hear it all up through like middle school um and so people would sort of look at me when the tv was in the room but we weren't sure if it was on i'd like give the nod like yep it's on it's about we're gonna watch a video today so i guess that would be my but it doesn't work anymore so i like dogs too uh (laughs) renee what's your stupid superpower so i have a near eidetic memory for anything that is not in the least bit important to me or my life. If it has anything that I need to actually do, I will forget it instantly. If it is something that is of absolutely no use to me, I will remember it forever. (laughs) Well, when they're forming the stupid Avengers, they know who to call. (laughs) The Legion of Substitute Podcasters. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's the end of our show. All that remains is to thank this week's fantastic guest, Aline Sims. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. And Renee Ritchie, thank you so much for joining us. I am honored as always, my my. Oh. And Micah will assemble our superpowers, let's say next week. But until then, let's remind all of our listeners watch what you say and keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. <laughs>